Hi everyone, my name is Melissa Lee and I'm your health coach who targets women with PCOS and women in general who wants to achieve stubborn weight loss. I do my best work when I work with PCOS urban women in their 30s who are embarrassed about their weight but want to feel comfortable in their bodies and are able to lose stubborn weight naturally. In this podcast, we talk about various topics including why stubborn weight loss is so hard to achieve. If this is you, definitely put this in your podcast list because one episode will be released every single week. Hey, hi guys. So today we have an awesome episode coming up because I have with me a friend and a fellow health coach, Susie Lichi. Susie has had irregular periods for years and she was also on the birth control for about a decade. She has been able to manage her symptoms and actually she has been able to conceive and get pregnant and now she has a baby boy. I'm like so excited to have her on the show because a lot of women with PCOS struggle with infertility and I want you to hear her story and all the information that she can share with you. So welcome Susie. Thank you Melissa, so excited to be here. Yeah, so um, I would just love for you to, you know, let our audience know who you are and what are you all about? Sure. So my name is Susie Leachy. I'm a certified health coach specializing in hormone balance and fertility. And as a coach, I support and empower women to naturally regulate their menstrual cycles, boost their fertility, and feel their best along their journeys to motherhood. So whether a woman is hoping to conceive naturally or she's using assisted reproductive technology, I work with her one-on-one and provide her with an individualized nutrition and lifestyle plan to help her achieve a healthy pregnancy. And the areas that I specifically work on with clients include accurately tracking their cycles and their fertile signs, optimizing their nutrition, often adding in some key supplements depending on their unique situation. We also discuss exercise and movement. So some women may need to add in exercise, some may need to cut back or change the type of exercise that they're doing. We also work on improving sleep because that plays a very important role in hormone balance and fertility, Um, stress management and mindset, And we also address reducing exposure to environmental toxins since those can disrupt hormone balance as well. Wow, that's a lot for people to take in, I think. And without a coach, it might seem like a lot. So I kind of want to unpack that a little bit. Um, But before that, um, maybe you could just let us know your story. Like, how did you even manage to, you know, get to your success? Yeah. So. When I was trying to get pregnant, I had two different hormonal conditions that made it very challenging to get pregnant. And um, there are often opposite recommendations actually for how to treat them. So I had hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is when you, I'll just say HA from now on too, Mm because I know it's a mouthful, but that's when you don't get your period at all due to some type of stressor on the body, usually multiple times, multiple types of stressors, and it can be a combination of physical, mental, and emotional stress, which was definitely the case for me. And as you mentioned in the the intro, I was on the birth control pill for 10 years, and 
I didn't get my period back when I came off. And it actually took me three years before I was able to start um, cycling again. So I had to significantly reduce my stress and my exercise and gain some weight in order for my body to feel like it was safe to reproduce. Mm -hmm. And once, once I got my period back, it was really irregular and I had some more testing done and it turned out that I also had PCOS, which it wasn't a complete surprise because I had a regular period in the past when I was not on the birth control pill. Mm -hmm. And I also um, dealt with cystic acne. Um, so I had kind of those two conditions going on when I was trying to get pregnant and yeah you know, typically when you have PCOS, it's recommended that you lose some weight and exercise more. So that really conflicted with what I did, what I had to do to overcome HA. So I kind of felt like I was at a loss and I felt like I'd never be able to get pregnant because I was ovulating so infrequently. Mm -hmm. And then when I did ovulate, my, my luteal phase was too short to actually sustain a pregnancy. And then I felt really frustrated by that and hopeless at that point because I just didn't know what I needed to do to get a regular cycle and what recommendations to follow. So that's kind of the the background of my story. And um, I guess to make a long story short, mm -hmm. after working with a, a reproductive endocrinologist in conjunction with an integrative fertility coach who really helped me a lot, I was finally able to conceive naturally, which is awesome. So like you said, I now have a 14-month-old um, baby boy, so or a toddler, I guess now. <laughs> Super adorable. I have seen it on social media. Thank you. Yes. Um, so that, I think, provides hope to many women out there. How did you know to, you know, find someone who's more into the functional medicine field rather than just going to a gynecologist? Because I think, you know, people just kind of head to the doctors first, but they don't think about, oh, there could be natural ways of, of trying to conceive. Mm. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I was seeing a reproductive endocrinologist um, and I actually was working with her for over a year before I, before I actually got pregnant. And she, re I, I'm always, I've always been kind of more um, naturally minded. And yeah. okay. I had, when I first, when I first wanted to come off of the birth control pill, I decided to seek the help of a naturopath. And just to kind of give some, get some advice from her and to learn about ways to help my body along because I was concerned about going off since I had had irregular periods in the past. So I, I feel like I got even more into the, the, the holistic approach after working with that naturopath. And then, so when I was trying to get pregnant, you know, I was, I was open to fertility treatments if I needed them, but I really wanted to try to use natural methods first and see if I could get pregnant on my own. So, um, yeah, I, w I was listening to, you know, all these different podcasts about you know getting getting pregnant naturally and fixing your hormones naturally and I was doing all this research and then I came across this integrative fertility coach who you know seemed like she really knew what what she was talking about and so I ended up reaching out to her mm -hmm. and with after just 
two cycles of working with her, I ended up getting pregnant. I mean, I feel like I was part of the way there because I, like I said, I'd done a lot of research on my own, but she really kind of put everything together for me. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of how I, that's cool. The natural route. <laughs> so now you are like sort of like an integrated fertility coach in that sense, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what, it, that's what really inspired me to do it because I saw, I could, I saw how powerful diet and lifestyle changes could be when it comes to hormones and fertility. And so I really wanted to help other women in a, in a similar manner. That's awesome. Um, so how far in advance would someone, you know, have to think about their health before they want to get pregnant? Like, is it six months before, a year before, two years before? I would say, you know, as, as early as possible. Mm -hmm. um, definitely, bare minimum, I would say three months before, because 90 days is the the life cycle of an egg so when we're talking about women and I think it's similar too for men as far as um, sperm I think it might be a little bit less than that but I would say at least 90 days you know three months ahead of time yeah. but really ideally would be more like six months to a year okay. yeah Okay. And also, I feel like a lot of emphasis is on the women, you know, to be healthy in order to get pregnant. And I think a part of that role to be able to increase the chances of fertility is also the male, right? It's also the partner. So yeah, absolutely. Because the sperm is half, half the exactly. equation. <laughs> yeah. So did you, you know, did your husband have to like change his habits also kind of? Did you have to look R well, in. <laughs> well, um, you know, fortunately, because we were, you know, living together, eating a lot of the same meals, so mm -hmm. he ended up um, eating a lot of the same yeah, healthy things that I was eating. Yeah, but um, one thing that I that I did encourage him to do that you know he did stick with was I um, I had read that beer is actually bad for sperm and for sperm quality and so he didn't drink any beer when we were trying to conceive and I also encouraged him to you know take care of himself in other ways like you know getting better sleep and exercising you know re exercising reducing yeah. stress I also you know um he started taking a multivitamin because he hadn't even taken any vitamins before that so those are kind of some of the things that that he did. <laughs> right, nice. Yeah, I feel like women are all on board with the whole vitamin and all these minerals, and men are like, "Why do I need to take these?" Like, they they're yeah. on a different boat, basically. Um, yeah, exactly. But it is important for for the men yeah. too. <laughs> okay, cool. So, what is the kind of um, important factors to consider? You know, when you're trying to get pregnant with PCOS? Yeah, um, so I feel like there are a number of things. Um, first, I think it's important to know that you can conceive naturally with PCOS, so it may be more challenging than it is for a woman without PCOS, but it's definitely possible. So that's the first thing, just having hope and Learn knowing it. that yeah. it's possible. The second thing I think is that it's really important to be tracking your cycle when you have PCOS and 
especially when you're trying to conceive. I mean, I honestly think that all women should be tracking their cycles, but especially if you're trying to conceive and especially if you have PCOS, it's really important because cycles tend to be more irregular and women with PCOS often aren't ovulating as regularly as other women. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely important to track your cycle so that you know when you're potentially approaching ovulation. And when I say track your cycle too, I don't just mean recording the beginning and end of your period and in your calendar and on an app. I mean, taking your basal body temperature every morning and making note of your cervical mucus every day, maybe tracking cervical uh, position as well, but at least your temperature and your mucus, and then recording that, that data in an app that creates a chart for you, or you can create a chart on paper yourself if you want to. And so then other apps that you know of that would be good for tracking cycles. My favorite one is Kindara. I've heard good things about other ones too, like Clue. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of the other ones off, off the top of my head, but Kindara is definitely my favorite one. Okay, cool. We'll check it out. I've also heard of Glow, I think, and like oh yes, Glow, Glow That's one. or something. They all these, all of them have these like really one word names. It's really hard to remember. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I've Glow. I've I think I used that for a little bit, but yeah. Kendara is my favorite. Like I said, I know a lot of people who use Clue as well, but okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> and you like it because it's accurate and it gives you like a really clear picture. Yes, it's accurate. It gives you a clear picture. It gives you, you know, a nice looking chart. And it, I mean, it has all of the, the basic things that you want to be, be tracking, like your, your cervical mucus. And you can even put in, if you take, say, um, an ovulation predictor kit or a pregnancy test, you can put that in. You can put in, um, you can track and you can add things to it too. If you want to say, if you wanted to know when you took your prenatal, you can kind of have that as a criteria or when you have different symptoms, you can track basically as many things as you want in there. Yeah, that's cool and very informative. I might check that out. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> um, even though I'm still waiting about two years. Um, so. yeah, like I said, it's not, it's not too early, but um, there are other things too that I feel like are important besides you know the mm-hmm. cycle tracking. Okay. One is, another is that, um, one is uh, regulating blood sugar. So I think that, I think there are different schools of thought on this, but I really believe that all women with PCOS have some degree of insulin resistance, whether or not it shows up on the standard test for insulin resistance. So sometimes it can present more as low blood sugar between meals rather than high blood sugar right after eating or while fasting. So I feel like making sure that you're eating really well balanced meals and snacks that have plenty of protein, fat, and fiber, which I know you're big on too. That's yeah. really important. <laughs> yeah. And I think in general also like women, you know, and for everyone, right? Like sh- managing blood sugar is like a huge deal right now. Like it's oh, yeah. problems. Um, yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up, especially for PCOS women. So speaking of this, what would be your kind of go-to foods during pregnancy or like when you're trying to conceive like what is there any specific foods that will improve your egg quality for example or you know boost your estrogen before ovulation yeah there are there are a few um different foods that are really good for fertility i mean there there are several um 
I don't know if you've talked about seed cycling in the past on your podcast. Um, yeah, I did do an episode, but I welcome you to go ahead. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that's something that I always encourage people to do. So basically, seed cycling involves eating certain seeds during the different phases of your menstrual cycle in order to support estrogen and progesterone production. So basically, consuming pumpkin and flax seeds during the first half of your cycle is very supportive of estrogen. And then after ovulation during the luteal phase, when you, your body starts producing progesterone, you eat sunflower and sesame seeds because those are very supportive of progesterone production. So I think that doing that is really helpful for women trying to conceive mm -hmm. and people trying to, to balance their hormones. Um, I also think that there are a few others. Um, eggs have just so many important nutrients in them they have they're a really good source of choline which isn't easy to find in in other places and they have omega-3s and healthy fats and a lot of different vitamins and minerals and leafy greens are also really important they have a ton of folate in them berries are really great and one that a lot of people don't don't like so much but it is really good is organ meats especially liver oh yeah really, like a powerhouse yeah. yeah i mean it has a ton of um of you know the usable form of vitamin a it's got a lot of b vitamins it has iron and one thing that i do recommend to people who don't necessarily like organ meats is to you know, you can take desiccated liver, for instance, in capsule form, and you can even take des a desiccated organ complex. So it, there's one that I use that's a blend of four different organ meats. That's interesting. Do they sell that in like a supplement container? I guess. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's in it's in a bottle. It's from I have no affiliation with this company, by the way, but um, okay. it's a uh, Paleo Valley. They make a a grass fed organ complex that that I take and I often recommend to clients as well. It's a, it's a combination of liver, I think it's liver, brain, kidney, and heart. So it's all really good, you know, organs. And you probably wouldn't eat all those organ meats. Yeah, I wouldn't even know. Regularly, how so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm not a huge fan of them, but they are really good and very important for fertility, so. Oh, cool. Okay, I'll check that out and put that in the show notes for everyone who wants to find out more about these liver capsules. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, so other than the nutrition-wise, are there any things about fitness that, you know, women should kind of bear in mind when they're trying to conceive? Yes. Like I, I kind of mentioned in the beginning, I feel like fitness is it's very individual to the woman. So some women, for instance, if they have a condition like HA, like I had, mm -hmm. they may need to do very little physical activity. I know for me to recover, I had to really just stick to walking, some light yoga and some light weight training. I really had to cut out all intense exercise. So if you are someone who's super stressed out and you think that you may have that type of condition like HA or even if you don't have HA but you feel like you have some of those symptoms of you know adrenal fatigue or HPA axis dysregulation you may actually need to cut down on your exercise to reduce the overall stress load on your body and that might be really important for fertility 
But on, on the other hand, some people need to really incorporate more exercise, especially, um, you know, a lot of times when women with PCOS can really benefit from some exercise and especially strength training because that can improve insulin resistance, which again is typically an issue with, um, in women with PCOS. So I think that it's, it's, it kind of just varies depending on the individual, but I'm definitely a proponent of, um, you know, nothing, nothing too intense that's really going to stress your body out. Nothing too crazy. Yeah, exactly. Just reg, just like regular movement. And I'm also a big fan of, of strength training and yoga and walking because I feel like most people really can't go wrong with that kind of thing. Yeah. And Unless you're doing like intense weightlifting, but you yeah. know, like I just mean, I just mean like general average yeah. daily strength training. And on that note, um, I find that bar is amazing for women because it kind of combines like the toning and you get kind of a strength training, but more of an endurance form. And then you get like that heart rate, uh, heart rate increase, the cardio. Right. So, and they focus a lot on the core and positioning and kind of posture. So in terms of posture, I feel like that would also help um, women if they end up conceiving and all that. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I have to, I haven't done a bar class or anything. I have done, I'm a big fan of workout videos and, you know, like DVDs and stuff on YouTube. And I have done bar on just DVDs and things like that. And it is a very, it is a very good workout. You're right. (laughs) Yeah, it's, so that was the workout I just did before I talked to you, actually. Oh, Um, nice. (laughs) Yeah, I would be sweating like 10 minutes in. Cause it's crazy like you do all these belly moves and you're on your toes and you're like quivering but it's so good it's a yeah it's a great workout um i really yeah. recommend anyone to go and try it um and it's one of those two where it looks like you're not doing much but you're actually yeah. it's actually really challenging right yeah exactly my husband saw me just kind of do stuff and he's just like what is she doing why is she doing so many uh, repetitions of the same movement but i was dying um yeah yeah so that's that's a great one cool um what about sleep what do you do you have any secrets for improving sleep um I do have a few I actually did a whole video on improving (laughs) improving sleep but if any if I don't know if you want to link to it in the show notes but yeah I have yeah so I have a bunch of tips on there tips and tricks but I'll you know I'll of course share some of them with you because I I'm really not naturally a great sleeper so I've had to incorporate a lot of these (laughs) these tricks myself Mm -hmm. one thing that I think really helps me is taking magnesium before bed so um I really like a supplement called natural calm that helps me a lot it comes in you can make it comes in a powder form you can make it as like a tea because it mixes well with hot water it also comes in gummy form so that's something that I really like and then other than that I would say you know the things you always hear like keeping a consistent bedtime I know it kind of sounds cliche but that really does help like going to bed and waking up at the same time or about the same time every day and then your sleep environment is also super important. So making sure that the room is very dark. And I even like I have blackout curtains, but then I also have, wear um, a sleep mask because I know I'm very sensitive to the light. Uh, mm-hmm. And 
I even wear, um, I wear earplugs too, because again, I'm a light sleeper. So I, I feel like any outside thing disturbs me, but just keeping your sleep environment really dark and calm and also cool. So mm-hmm. it's easier to sleep and it's better for your body when the temperature in the room is a little bit cooler. So I try to try to do yeah. that as well. And, and I think like doing something, having like a relaxing bedtime routine and making sure that you have time to, to unwind at night is important too. And then there's also one other trick that, and this is not in my video, so I definitely want to share it on your podcast. It's something that my husband read recently that I started doing, and I really, really like this. And it's also, I feel like it's also kind of a mindset thing, but it definitely helps with sleep also. So at the end of the day, when I'm lying in bed, I think of three things that went well that day. So no matter, you know, even if I feel like the day was really crappy or everything went wrong, I can, you can always, of course, think of three things that went right or that you're grateful for. And it would probably even be beneficial to write it down. That's probably even better. But typically, I just kind of lay in bed and think about those three things. And it sort of just relaxes me and makes me at peace. Like, okay, these are these are things that went well today. So I can, I can go to sleep soundly knowing that. Oh, that's great. So both of you do it at this, like, you know, when you go to bed. That's, yeah. 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 I think like practicing gratitude is so important. And for me, Absolutely. I think I, I do that also because the first thing I'm grateful for is, you know, to be able to lie down and feel comfortable in my bed because all of us are always sitting on the couch. And then when you lie down, it's like amazing. Immediately, I just feel like a sense of release from my lower back and all the spine and everything. So yeah, being, yeah, that's very true. That's a good one. Have you ever heard of moon cycling? Or I don't know what it's called. So I've heard of this thing where um, you can sleep according to the moon cycle. So if there's a full moon, you kind of let that light in. So out of the whole I have moon, heard about that. Yeah. yeah, you sleep like with the full moon shining on you for like three nights, and then when it goes away, you go back to sleeping in the dark or something I thought that was I haven't yeah that is cool I've I heard about it I have not tried it or done you know a ton of research on it but it is a really cool concept and I've heard of that in terms of you know a way to help hormones as well which kind of makes sense because your the cycles are tied to the moon so yeah and we're like so in tune with the moon like 28 days yeah exactly yeah yeah and that's why more babies are born on full moons right Oh, are they? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, well, I, okay. I I heard that. I always heard that more babies were born on full moons. But then I then I heard something else that was actually not the case. But I don't know. I kind of I kind of think that it's true and it makes sense because mm-hmm. typically women would ovulate on the full moon too. So, for instance, going back to like the seed cycling. Right. If you don't have a cycle, it's recommended that you start your follicular phase on the new moon, and then ovulation is on the the new moon yeah. I mean on the full moon so that's a good idea because I recently saw a graphic it was like full moon and then new moon so it's like every two weeks you kind of rotate the seeds right yeah exactly mm-hmm. okay cool um so what do you think is the biggest misconception when it comes to women health I know we talked a lot about like conceiving and PCOS um so what is the biggest myth, I feel like, when it comes to women's health that you see in your clients? Yeah, I feel like 
there are a lot of misconceptions when it comes to women's health, but I think one of the biggest and one that always really bothers me is that the pill regulates periods. So, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, because as I'm sure you know, you know, the pill actually suppresses the body's natural hormones and prevents ovulation from happening. So if you're if you're taking the birth control pill or the typical birth control pill where you bleed monthly when you take those placebo pills for a week, you're really just getting a withdrawal bleed from stopping the synthetic estrogen and progesterone contained in the pill. You're not you're not getting an actual period. Um, and an actual period results when ovulation occurs and the egg is not fertilized, so your body then sheds the uterine lining. And since you're you're not ovulating when you're on the pill, you're never getting that surge of progesterone, which is actually really important for women and helps to balance out the estrogen that's dominant in the first half of the cycle. And, you know, there's, there's a reason that we have our menstrual cycles and for those cyclical hormone patterns, and you're just not getting that at all when you're on the pill. And I, there are a lot of misconceptions about the pill, like a lot of other ones, besides that it regulates periods and that you're actually getting a period because you're not. But I think overall, it's because it's seen as something that regulates periods, it's very much overprescribed and it actually does women a disservice because their body's natural hormones are suppressed and their symptoms are just covered up. You know, the, the root cause is never actually addressed. And then meanwhile, their, their gut flora is being disrupted and their body is being depleted of a number of important nutrients. And they're also likely suffering from other symptoms of being on the pill too, like mood changes and low sex drive and, you know, other things that I've, I've heard women dealing with when they're on the pill. Yeah. Um, and, you know, both of us has been on the pill. So I'm pretty sure we've had our own experience. I remember my periods coming or my cramps coming back with a vengeance when I got off the pill. Um, it would be so bad I couldn't get out of bed or I would like, I, I would almost pass out. Um, my acne came back. So it was a really, really bad. Well, I would say that during that moment of time, I feel like doctors, they're just doing what they learn in medical school. But exactly, yeah. kind of, um, a disservice to us, as you said. So it's just important for us to be aware of what the pill has on our bodies, like what effects they have on our bodies. Um, and I'm glad you went through all of that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, and I'm not saying that, you know, doctors shouldn't prescribe the pill or that no one should ever take it. But I just think that women should be informed about what it's, what it's actually doing, because it's sort of just seen as you know, like, oh, if you have a regular period, this will regulate it. But meanwhile, women don't know that there are, you know, a lot of side effects and also, yeah, and that there are other ways and that um, the pill is not actually regulating their cycles at all because they're just not getting a cycle. Yeah, I agree. Um, and there's actually a period revolution on now. I don't know. I saw this on social media. It's all about talking about periods and, you know, renowned experts are like, talking about the pill and all the effects of the pill. So I think this topic is coming up and I'm really excited because I want to, I want to, I wanted to get to a stage where my friends around me start talking about their periods. Cause then I would be like, Oh, everyone's aware, you know, it's not just me in my wellness circle. Um, so I do kind of want to see that 
grow in the future um and definitely i do too (laughs) yeah right like what what would you like to see in the future with regards to you know period health yeah um so i think that i would just like to see women more educated about their periods um and more specifically how their their diet and lifestyles affect their cycles as well and i think that with more awareness and more education then fewer women would would even would have difficult PCOS uh, PCOS would have PMS symptoms because they would know how to take care of their bodies in a way that that balances hormones and minimizes PMS which typically PMS results from inflammation and imbalanced hormones I mean it's normal to have some signs and symptoms leading up to your period but when women have debilitating PMS and cramps and often that's a sign that something is wrong and typically it can it can be addressed with a holistic approach you know things like we were talking about getting more and better sleep and yeah reducing stress like practicing gratitude um you know of course like eating less sugar and more vegetables and working on balancing out blood sugar and all those things can really go a long way Mm-hmm. Oh, something I want to touch on. I remember you saying that part of, you know, all these natural therapies is also to use natural skincare products. And I know that you recently found some good skincare and that you have been sharing information about products and all that. So would you like to share some of what you have been using? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I have ever since I started, you know, getting even more into this natural approach and, you know, worked with that naturopath, which was, oh my goodness, I think over six years ago at this point, I've kind of been on the hunt for, you know, the best natural products. And, you know, one thing that was really important to me, and I realized that's so important for all women is using safer skincare products, because what we put on our skin gets absorbed into our bloodstream in under a minute so you know it's not only what you're putting into your body as far as food it's also what you're putting onto your body because like I said that's going into your bloodstream so you know a lot of unfortunately a lot of the products that are on the market these days especially when it comes to skincare products and makeup have a lot of endocrine disruptors so basically they have chemicals in them that mimic estrogen and actually disrupt your body's natural hormones and have been shown to cause fertility problems and of course hormone disruption and sometimes even birth defects. I mean like a lot of the sunscreens on the market are yes. and the hand sanitizers are really bad. Um Air fresh so that's the word. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So bad. So I I tried a bunch of different different products and different companies and you know, found some here and there that I liked, but I started using this one line that was introduced to me by a friend of mine um, called Lime Life. And I started, you know, I really liked that all their skincare was completely all natural Mm -hmm. and very gentle. And they also have a line of professional makeup that's also non-toxic. So that's also, I know, really difficult to find. You know, I tried 
so many different makeup. Like I was using natural makeup, but I felt like it didn't work as well. And I would try to get my friends to use that stuff too and tell them that, you know, don't use the toxic stuff. It's bad. But then yeah. they would go back to what they were using because it just didn't <laughs> work as well. So yeah. this line I found to just be the most, you know, the, the best combination of being the, the safest and the most effective and also, you know, pretty affordable, especially when it comes to natural and professional yeah. products, like they tend to be pricier, of course. So I found that it was the best combination of all three of those criteria. And so um, recently I ended up partnering with that company so that I could, you know, just have more of a, a voice and, um, and teach women even more about natural skincare and non-toxic makeup products because I really do think that it's a piece it's kind of a piece of the puzzle in terms of hormone balance and fertility that's often overlooked but is actually really important and and not only for women trying to get pregnant too I also kind of wanted to just broaden my reach and educate all women that you know you don't want to be putting these toxic chemicals on your on your body and even it goes further than that too I was thinking even about my son and you know now I use a lot of these products on him too because if he has a diaper rash or you know like a passive eczema or something like that I want to be putting something that's completely natural on his skin I don't want to be putting toxins on him so it's been it's just been something really great for me and my family so I'm I'm trying to spread the word and I've been enjoying kind of, um, you know, being involved with that company as well as part of my overall health coaching business and overall mission to, um, to help women. Nice. Well, definitely put that in the show notes also. Um, it's a good one, toxin and hormone health. I've been spending a lot of time just kind of revamping my skincare and also my makeup. And today I actually got the idea or more like the motivation to make my own makeup. So I'm gonna try to like, yeah. Cause um, I do have all the kind of materials like the beeswax and the powders and um, all the shea butter and all that. So I do kind of want to experiment with that and try to make my own uh, blusher or like lipstick, so. We'll that's see. awesome let, let me know how that goes yeah. oh you know what you can also have, have you ever made your I haven't done this but I know that you can and this is another big one is deodorant because oh yeah it's going, like right into your skin mm-hmm. um but you can you can make your own with that too yeah interesting yeah I've heard a lot of people kind of making their own deodorants right now so I'm gonna try that too yeah okay. yeah let me know how that goes definitely yeah. the, the only thing like that that I do um I guess as far as I haven't made my own makeup but I do use just straight up coconut oil to as a makeup remover and it works really well yeah nice so I actually have a little lip balm here that's homemade and it's made with like shea butter cocoa butter um so for all the listeners I'm kind of showing her a lip balm right now um this is actually made by my husband he made a bunch of these for our anniversary so I was pretty surprised but it's been working. Wow, good for him. Yeah, so that's why I have all these ingredients now. They're like leftovers because he just made them for me and he's like, okay, just take them. I don't, I don't need them now. So <laughs> I have all these things to play with. Um, so that's pretty fun. That's great. 
Oh, you know, another thing that I, I totally forgot to mention when I was talking about the, the skincare and stuff is that, um, you know, as a woman with PCOS, and I know a lot of, this is the case for a lot of women with PCOS, I struggled with really bad cystic acne in the past. Um, I've actually been on Accutane twice and I just didn't, I don't ever want to go down. Like I would not recommend going on Accutane or anything. And I also have very sensitive skin. So I've just had so many different skin, ash, uh, skin issues, even in addition to acne. Mm-hmm. And um, this, this line of products was, it's just really, really, I feel like really effective and gentle on my skin because you also don't want to be, you know, completely stripping mm-hmm. your skin of all its natural oils and all of that. So this that's another thing that I liked about mm-hmm. about Lime Life. Oh, <laughs> on that note, on that note of like stripping oil, the natural oils, I've also, yeah. I recently heard yesterday about oil cleansing before you step into the shower. So instead of like putting it on as a moisturizer after, you kind of put it on before you shower so the oils act as like a barrier. So that the water. I've done that before, yeah. And also the the steam actually helps the oil to penetrate your skin too. Awesome. Yeah. For the body oil, okay, and you rub like just everywhere. (laughs) Um, I've only tried it on my face, but I mean, I guess you could do it everywhere. Yeah, I've done, I've done that. The oil. I might try that. I just it might feel a bit slimy. I don't know, but it does. It's kind of weird because it feels like you're not really cleaning your face. But the oil actually does um, mm-hmm. help to clean your face. So. Okay, so I feel like we are discussing a lot of uh, new methods of cleaning and <laughs> showering here. Um, so just to kind of wrap it up, what would be the number one thing that you would tell women to do if they're trying to conceive and they, if they have PCOS? Like the simplest thing that they could do right now. Good. That's, hmm. Not trying to throw you off here. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there are just so many things. It's hard to just mm-hmm. choose one thing and for it to be a simple thing. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to think of what the mm-hmm. most important thing would be. You know what? I'm going to say. I'm going to say to get support in whatever they, whatever way they feel like they need it. Just make sure to, to reach out and make sure that you have the right support team, you know, not just, not just one person, but a a team of people, whether that's your, your spouse or your mom or your doctor or your friend, just people to support you because, you know, if you're trying to conceive and you have a condition like PCOS, you're probably going to to need to either make some some shifts in your diet and lifestyle or maintain what you're already doing. And I just feel like you need support to do that. So, you know, instead of naming one yeah. one thing to do, I feel like the the support team would probably be the most important thing because then that's going to enable you to actually make and sustain whatever changes you need to or stick to whatever diet and lifestyle is going to work for you to manage your PCOS and then be able to get pregnant. Nice. That's a good one. Um, it also provides accountability, I think. And it also provides that kind of safety 
that people will feel if they go to a professional instead of trying to figure everything out by themselves. Exactly. Okay, cool. That's a great conversation. I feel like I learned a little bit and I hope everyone did. Me too. Also. Um, so where can my listeners find you? And if you have a free guide, I understand that you, I think you have a free guide for them. I do. Yeah. So your listeners can, first of all, they can go to my website, which is healthequilibriumcoaching.com. You can, I don't know if you want to link to that. I know it's a little bit of a mouthful and sometimes people have trouble spelling it, but that's my website. And I'm also very active on social media. So starting with Facebook, my page is Health Equilibrium by Susie Leachy. And I also have two private Facebook groups. One is called Hormone Balancing, Fertility, and Beyond. And then the other is Safer Skincare and Makeup by Susie Leachy. And I do live videos in both groups, usually every week, but definitely on a regular basis. And then I typically upload some of the videos to my Facebook page and also to my YouTube channel, which is Susie Leachy. And I can also be found on Instagram at Suzy.Leachy. And as you mentioned, I do have a special free gift for your listeners as well. It's my five-day meal plan to help you regulate your cycle and get pregnant. And the link for that is a little bit long, but maybe you can put that in the yeah. show notes for your listeners to access. Mm-hmm. I'll put that all in. And yeah, if any one of you want to get pregnant, ASAP, I definitely think that you should check out her guide and also all her resources. Um, just to be clear, your last name is L-I-C-C-I, that's correct? Correct. Yes. And my first name, Susie, is spelled S-U-S-I-E. Oh, yes. That's it. Okay, cool. <laughs> different spelling. Yeah. Just to make sure we got the spelling right. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming on board. I'm so happy because you are my fellow kind of classmate. We were we are in the same health coaching course. So it's so nice to have someone um, that I know, sort of, not a complete stranger, uh, on my podcast. And maybe in the future, we can talk again soon. Yeah, definitely. This was great. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay, thank you.